Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast. Uh, my name is Josh, and normally are listening to uh, Pastor Devin at this moment to do this intro and open and everything. Um, but he has recently had his first child, so congratulations to the Bowman family. Uh, we welcome Olivia into the world. So um, I, I'm, I'm Josh Sims. I'm here to fill in. I'm the worship pastor at the Revival Center. If we, uh, I've actually been on this podcast before with Devin, uh, and it's, uh, it's always a pleasure. It's always uh, such an honor to, to be able to uh, join with you as you listen right now. Um, so welcome. I do recommend that you subscribe uh, to this podcast, like, that's how we can get um, all of our recurring materials to you. We have revival talks and sermons. Uh, we have special little podcasts that, that come out uh, revolving around certain seasons. And so that's how you can get all that information, stay up to date um, with, with everything new that we're putting out. So, um, And to segue, we're, we're actually talking about, continuing to talk about, in our last two podcasts, we had covered um, uh, hope and joy. And so we are continuing that uh, theme this week, and we are covering the the holiday buzzword of peace. So peace is um, obviously something that everyone uh, talks about, strives to achieve for. You can find it on the front of Hallmark cards all day long. That just you know it just says peace, and it's a nice little picture or whatever. And so, um, but what is that? Why do we associate peace so directly um, with the holiday season in particular? What does biblical peace look like? What does, you know, what does the Bible, what does God have to say about peace and what peace looks like in our lives? And how can we apply that and, and strategically get ourselves to that point of peace? So I wanted to start, I did this yesterday in preparation and thought it was very interesting. Um, you can do it uh, with me if you like. Um, you can Google right now, peace. P-E-A-C-E. All, Thank you for spelling that for me. All lowercase, all lowercase, just peace in Google. And a few things will come up, normal things that you would expect, but then there are some things that I didn't expect. So at the very top in my Google, I have, of course, the definitions, right? So we have uh, freedom from disturbance or tranquility, a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. Uh, and then, of course, how we use it in, in um, informal U.S. language, like peace out and stuff like that. You know, it talks about all those things in here. But uh, if you get a little bit further down, um, there's, there's sites that, um, that blogs and videos and how-tos on achieving peace. It's about the next three or four things that show up in my Google of how you can achieve peace. And I'm sure I didn't click on any, on any of them, um, but you could click on... Thousands of websites, you could go to thousands of places um, that are technically at, the, at your fingertips right now, and they say they have the solution for peace. They have the way to achieve peace in your life, but um, as we all know, the, that is not the majority. That is not how the normal uh, person lives their life today. It's not with peace. I would, I would say that by and large, the normal person is not living their life with peace so what is the disconnect? What, what has happened? Um, and, and I believe it's that these websites that you can go find 99% of the time are not talking about biblical peace. They're talking about 
vapid, surface-level, thin piece instead of this very deep piece that we're going to get into today? Yeah, well, you know, I think the world's peace is worthless, um, and you really don't understand what that definition is unless you are a born-again believer. And if you're not a born-again believer and understand how Christ taught on peace or how the prophets taught on peace, then really you're just ignorant about what's really out there because you just don't know. Um, so the world's peace is worthless. Do you realize that since 36 B.C., there have been nearly 15,000 wars? Think about that. Before World War II, the world had an average of 2.61 new wars every year. Okay, So every single year, uh, there was somebody out there starting a new war 2.6 times a year. But since World War II, despite all of mankind's enlightenment, because they think the smarter you are, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and organized efforts for world peace, there have been an average of three new wars every single year. So we're increasing. We're increasing since World War II. Now, may not have had another world war in that regard, but we're talking about all the wars that may not affect us in America, but certainly affects the people of where it's at in Africa, uh, around the continent of Africa, in, uh, in Asia, various places. And we think, well, because the bombs aren't dropping in our backyard, then, then there's no war. But in other places, they're dying. You know, you think about what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine right now. You know, those people are, are dying. They're, having, they're fighting wars in their, in their streets. The New York Times once observed that peace is a fable. And, and the reason I bring that up, because like when you Google it right there, it has all these different definitions of peace. And probably to the world mind, the first thing that they think of is like in the 1960s and the 1970s, it was the peace movement. Right. You know, you had the symbol, throw up the two fingers, right. peace and the flower child and all that kind of stuff. And again, they were using a, a definition of peace that the Bible doesn't use. And so then what happens is when people come to church and they hear Jesus is the Prince of Peace, they hear these things that we talk about, the peace that I'll give you. We're going to talk about that in a second. In John 14, uh, verse number 27, what they do, though, is individuals who come into the church from the world, they begin to apply that definition to what Jesus is talking about. Right, their connotations are false at that point. Yes. What they're basing peace, what their understanding of peace is, is already misdirected and misguided. And we're applying that misdirection to now our own lives. There you go. And that's the disconnect. That's why people fall out with God. That's why people fall out with the church, with the preacher, with the worship pastor, with whoever, their Sunday school teacher, is because they said, I put my hope in this Jesus of peace, but yet I still have all these issues going on That's in right. my life. Yeah. Because the definition, the biblical concept of peace, the definition of, of the Bible version of it, does not focus on the absence of trouble. So rewind this, hit rewind, listen to it again. It does not focus on the absence of trouble. Biblical peace is unrelated to your circumstances. Um, it is beyond what's happening in your life. 
That's the reason Paul said that he could be content in any circumstance. It doesn't matter if he had food, if he didn't have food, if he had a place to live, didn't have a place to live, if he had Christmas uh, presents up under his tree for his kids or not, or not. He was content in every situation. Why? Because of a little something called the peace of God. So um, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful at all. Peace I leave with you. Yeah, that... um... That, uh, I was actually, again, doing some research yesterday and uh, found several little interesting facts and stuff that, that deal with peace. And, and again, I'm a, um, I'm a factual, I'm a, a systematic kind of person anyway, so I'm going to approach this in a, in a very logical way. But uh, the word peace is found 429 times in the Old Testament, and that is the Hebrew, Hebrew word shalom. Um, we've, we've heard that word before, and, and it's still used today, but... It referred to uh, peace in relationships between people, uh, nations, and God with men. And so that you know this this connotation of, of peace in the Old Testament was was very much um, a a dialogue. There was always two parts to it. The peace was always between something or somebody. And so um, as we move on into the New Testament, we have the Greek word. Uh, for peace, which is Irene, I believe is I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that refers to rest and tranquility. So that gets more into a personal um, where you're not you're not in contention with somebody, um, but that it is is something that is more introspective instead of being um, uh, you know being on the outside of you there. But uh, we we see that same word uh, when when the angels announce. Uh, uh, Jesus, and when they say peace on earth in Luke two fourteen, that's actually what they're referring to right there. Isaiah had predicted the Messiah would be the Prince of Peace, and, and Jason's already uh, uh, referenced that as well. And so uh, he's called the Lord of Peace in Second Thessalonians. And so we we have all these connotations uh, of of peace in the Bible, where it gives us real like real applicable. We can go find this. We can go. We can look up every single one of these verses. And look at the the uh, application of this word peace uh, in our lives, but we do have to, uh, but believe those things. We do have to stay founded in that um, lack of fear, that confidence without. I guess is is the well. The devil's good at what he does, absolutely. You know, and so if he can make your life feel like a living hell, then he's after that peace, That's right. you know, that God gives. And uh, tries to get your eyes focused on the storm and not on him. And then you begin to sink up under the waves. And then Jesus has to help you up and say, why ye of little faith? Now, think about the peace that we're talking about, the peace of God and the peace of man. That's what shalom, what you just talked about. Um, Several layers there that we're fixing to say, but one very quickly. Think about the unity that God is wanting to have. The unity between God and man, which is why Jesus came. We're about to talk about that. But also the unity between each other. Think how powerful unity is in the Bible where there's two or three gathered in my name, touching and agreeing. Then you can speak to these mountains and you can ask these things in my name. Um, Do not forsake the gathering of yourselves in unity. Forgiving one another. 
So if I, if you have ought against your brother, don't give your gift. Go and make it right with your brother. Then come back and offer your gift. Peace, peace. Everything dealing with peace there, unity. Blessed are the peacemakers, the Beatitudes. So when we begin to talk about this peace that Joshua was talking about, the shalom, it's the first you've got to deal with the fact that it's peace with your relationship with God. The natural man lacks peace with God. You are not going to find peace with God on your own. We all come into the world fighting against God because we are part of the rebellion that started with Adam and with Eve. You think about Pastor Devin and Geo and their little baby girl that was just born. Well, news flash. As precious as that little child is, once she reaches an age of accountability, guess what she's going to have to do? The same thing that all of humanity has ever done. She's going to ask for, for forgiveness of her sins. That's right. Ask Jesus into her heart. That's exactly right. I don't, even though she's a precious, innocent child right now, and you know, you know, I, I believe children go to heaven. You know, I'm talking about the age of accountability. Um, but Romans five ten says we were enemies of God. We fought against God, and everything we did was against His principles. So when when Jesus is called the Prince of Peace at Christmas, the reason He is called that is because Jesus came to settle the divide between us and God, and he's the only one who, who can do that. That's the reason he is called the Prince of Peace. Um, in Ephesians 6, when Paul was talking about the good news of salvation, the preparation of the gospel of peace, talking about the, uh, the armor of God there, why is it called the preparation of the gospel of peace? Because the gospel is that which makes a man who was at war with God to be at peace with God. This peace is objective. That is, it has nothing to do with how we feel or what we think. It is an accomplished fact in the work of Jesus Christ. That's the reason it supersedes any kind of bad circumstances that you're going in because your peace didn't come from any of that stuff. It came from the work of cross, uh, the cross of Calvary. And yes, I'm preaching right now. <laughs> Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So Colossians 1 says that Christ made peace through the blood of his cross. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his flesh, fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. That's the reason in 2 Corinthians, Paul says that we are to have the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling what? Us and God through Jesus Christ, which is the peace that Jesus was talking about in John 14, 27. That's right. Uh, yeah, and, and of course, like we talked about, the world will continue to have wars and interpersonal conflicts until Jesus comes and establishes that true, lasting peace that Isaiah 11, 1 through 10 talks about. Um, but God will give his peace to those who trust him. Jesus took the chastisement of our peace and has made it possible for us to have that peace with God. And once his peace is in, at rule in our heart, we'll be able to share that peace with others and become publishers of peace and ministers of reconciliation. I'm going to blow your mind with this one. All right, now, we just already quoted the verse, John 14, 27. Uh, I'll say it one more time because I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop some revelation on you right here on the podcast. 
Now, I'm not preaching on this, or I, I take that back. I may. I don't know. This is too good not to say. But when he said, peace I leave with you, peace I give you, not as the world gives. All right, now, check this out. This peace, when you study it out, this peace of God is a supernatural, divine peace. In the same way when um, Paul was saying, please remove, Lord, will you remove this thorn from my flesh? He prayed that three times. What was the answer? The answer was no, my grace is sufficient for you. All right, so that grace that he's referring to is a supernatural substance, if I can use that word. It may not be appropriate, but a thing. it's a thing. It's real, as real as this cup is sitting on this table that he gives out of himself, gives to you called grace, and then that grace supernaturally allows you to get through this thorn in your flesh thing. All right, that's what this peace is. This peace is supernatural. It's not, let me explain like this. It, this peace is aggressive. Rather than being victimized by events, this peace attacks the effects of those events in your mind, in your emotions. Um, it gobbles them up, if I can use that word. It is supernatural. It is permanent. Uh, there are no side effects. It is a divine tranquilizer, if I said that right. It is a divine tranquilizer. Now, I know that there is medicines out there that people are prescribed sometimes. Uh, Josh, you can help me out. What, what is some medicines out there if you are super have a lot of anxiety? They'll give you like... Um, uh, different medication for that. Yeah. So uh, Prozac is that one? That is one. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, benzos. Benzos. So those okay. are all different types of, of. But yes, that is one of the Prozac. Uh, all right. Yeah, Prozac, Zoloft, yeah. Xanax. Yeah. yeah I, have, I have no stones to throw. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, knocking any of that stuff. I'm just saying that in the natural sense, we understand that if you've been clinically diagnosed with something that is for real and you need to take a uh, medication no different than heart medication or blood pressure medication or wearing glasses because you don't can't see real well. It doesn't matter. Whatever to affect your natural body, this particular Prozac helps deal with anxiety. This piece that we're referring to is the spiritual formation of that same thing. This peace is the heart's calm after Calvary's storm. It is the firm conviction that he who spared not his own son will also along with him freely give us all things. When we talk about the peace that passes understanding, I've seen it so many times, man, through the years where individuals in the church who have went through, I mean, devastating seasons, probably the most devastating Thing that a human being can walk through is the death of a loved one, whether that's the death of a spouse of over 50 years, um, you know, the, the tragic, the tragedy of the death of a, of a child, you know, um, of a, a mom, a dad, just all those types of things. And I've seen people who have this peace inside of their heart. And what is astounding is that it does pass understanding because those same people will be in church on a Sunday or a Wednesday. Their hands are raised to heaven. Tears are coming down their face because they're still grieving. But yet they persevere. They survive. They make it. And then I've seen others who do not have this peace in their heart. And, they, and you know, I don't see them again. 
they they try to find peace down uh, you know pill bottles. They try to find peace down uh, alcohol bottle. They try to find peace in drugs. They try to find peace in relationship after relationship after relationship, and none of those things feel them to the level of what we're talking about right now. Exactly right. Yeah, those are all. Uh, worldly pacifiers for something that we are spiritually hungry for. And it does get you to a certain place and, you know, for a certain amount of time. But it's sort of like when you, you know, when you get a wish from a genie, you've got to word that thing so specifically because you, you, you know, and you don't want it to, to, to get away from you or anything like that. And so, um, the, the, the world always has a replacement. It, you know, it says that this is, um, this this will help you, but there's a catch. There's always uh, a hook in in the middle of it that you you haven't realized that is there. And so, uh, but again, these are just um, fleshly, worldly pacifiers for something that we are spiritually hungry for. Anyways, we're our brokenness um, creates that hunger uh, for peace. Yeah, you know, and and so the the question is is how can I get this peace? Well, obviously, you know, I'm going to give you a very elementary version of it, but it's give your heart to the Lord. You know, you have to truly be born again. You have to consume yourself with his word and you have to dwell in his presence. And what I mean by that is, is you got to meditate in his presence. You got to dwell in it. You got to allow the father to speak to you. You know, you think about when Jesus was um, water baptized, the, uh, the, the father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now, at that particular moment, Jesus hadn't done nothing. You know, he'd been on earth for 30 years. We hadn't heard nothing from him since he was 12. I don't know what all he did. Obviously, it was perfect, but I'm just saying at that moment, you know, there was no healings. There was no Sermon on the Mount. There was no um, raising the dead people. You know, none of that stuff was happening. But yet the father said, I'm well pleased before he ever did any of his public ministry. And sometimes we just need to get along with God and we need to hear God speak to us to say, I love you. I'm well pleased with you. Doesn't mean that we don't, we're not perfect, you know, but, but his love and his forgiveness has covered us of our sins. And it really doesn't matter what we are or not doing in terms of like say Christmas Maybe you're a mom or a dad and you say, man, I have it provided for my, my child a good Christmas or I have it provided for this or I have it done this and we begin to get depressed or I miss my loved ones and we begin to get depressed and things like that. You need to get along with God and hear the Father speak to you how much he loves you, how much he uh, cares for you, how he has given all things for you and allow that meditation in God's word, in his worship, and in, in, in uh, that private devotion time, begin to minister this peace to you. That's how you get it. You don't get it unattached from the vine because you can't get it from anywhere else. Exactly right. That's that's really what the world is offering is the fruit without the vine, vine kind yeah. of thing, and it's always dead. It's right. always rotten. And it, you're just not going to get it. So most people who lack peace simply have not taken the time to pursue it in God. That's powerful. Yeah, God's peace comes to those with the personal discipline to stop in the midst of the storms of life and take time to seek Him. It is a condition of peace that we cease from life's activity and know Him. Remember what Psalms 46 verse 10 commands. Be still and know that I am God. 
It is to those whose minds are fixed on that concept that finds this biblical area of peace in their life. Yeah, that's right. And and if we uh, lose that focus, like, like Jason mentioned earlier, if we become detached from that vine, then um, then yeah, the, the fruit withers. There's no way for that fruit to continue. And so uh, just in closing, I, I just wanted to uh, make this last statement here in that Jesus gave his disciples peace based on the truth that he has overcome the world. Jason mentioned that earlier, John 14, 27. So be encouraged today. Be reminded today if, if this is what you need. If you know somebody that needs to hear this podcast, that they need to be encouraged um, that we can have peace today because Jesus has overcome the world. We have Jesus in us. We have overcome the world because Jesus is in us. Uh, share this podcast with it. Send it, uh, send it to them because I, I believe that this has been, it's been an encouragement for me today. I hope you found encouragement as well. So we just thank you so much for uh, listening with us, hanging out with us for a few minutes, and we can't wait to see you next time. <laughs>